Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of This Week in History with me, your host, Dan the Viking. Now, just a quick shout out before we start, you may have noticed there has been a change in our broadcasting and halfway through all of these episodes you will hear my lovely voice with an advert. This is due to the fact that we have changed to a new system now um, and these adverts are what keep the podcast going, so... I understand it can affect the broadcasting. Um, my dad actually called me and told me, well, what's this in the middle of your podcast? And I said, well, this is my new advert. Um, so I'm not going to plug it. It will come out in the middle of this episode. Um, unfortunately, I don't pick where it comes in, so it, it will just completely cut out of your listening. So uh, if you don't want those, <laughs> you can get over to Patreon. Um, the adverts are not on Patreon. That that middle readout is not on Patreon. So if it is quite irritating or it is annoying you, get over to Patreon, $5 a month, and you'll get it without that. Um, but like I said, that advert does keep us going. So, uh, yeah, I do apologize. This week, ladies and gentlemen, now I have had to check this with uh, my good friend Paul um, just to make sure that this is actually an episode that you guys would actually want to listen to. Now, he's one of my regular listeners. He's been listening right from the start. Um, and I said, you know, what do you think of doing a Britain episode, an episode about the UK, some random facts that maybe you do know, maybe you don't know some of them a little bit, a bit more wild than the others. And he said, yeah, I think that's a, it's a great idea. So here we go. We're going to give you some facts about the UK. Number one, Britain's drink 36 billion, that's with a B, cups of tea per year so if you divide it out it comes to an estimated 100 million cups of tea a day and how did the uk become so obsessed with their daily or hourly cup of tea it began with the founding of the british east india company in the 1600s which was tea imported from the uk to from the colonies in southeast asia But it wasn't until Catherine of Braganza married King Charles II and introduced the royals to their favourite pastime, which was drinking tea on every occasion possible, and the habit really caught on. These days, drinking tea is the great leveller of British society, cutting across every social and economic divide. And it is very, very true. The first thing that happens when you walk into an English home is, would you like a cup of tea? It's and don't get me wrong. I don't really drink tea. If I do, it's Yorkshire tea or nothing else. 
Um, but yeah, tea is a it's a it's an important part of British culture. Number two, London's subway is the oldest in the world. Now we call it the underground, but I'm going to Americanize it with the subway. There are 180 systems in the 56 countries all around the globe. But London's Tube is the famous and is also the oldest. It took 10 years of discussions before the British government approved the construction of an underground railway between Farringdon Street and Bishop's Road, Paddington. Work began in 1860 and the line officially opened in January 1863. Today, the London Underground contains 11 different lines that whisk up to 5 million passengers across the city each day. Number three, William Shakespeare revolutionised the English language. Obviously something I can't speak very well at the moment. Have you ever been in a pickle or gone on a wild goose chase? Have you ever been gospiled, groveled or felt gloomy or bedazzled? These are just a few examples of the words and phrases that William Shakespeare introduced to the English language. Experts estimate that he was the first to coin about 2,000 different words and expressions from his famous writings. In fact, Shakespeare uses around 15,000 different words throughout his plays and poetry. So the next time you meet someone with a heart of gold or with a, you meet someone with bated breath for an announcement or something like that you need to thank William Shakespeare for his contributions to the English language now I would love to do an episode on William Shakespeare because I still run the question as to whether he actually existed there is uh, evidence to suggest both there's evidence to suggest that there was one man named William Shakespeare and he existed and there is evidence to suggest that William Shakespeare was an acronym for a collection of writers. Either way, it was uh, that that group or that man that revolutionised the language that we speak today. Number four, the UK is home to the world's shortest flight. Head north to Scotland and the archipelago of the Orkney Islands. Here you'll find the shortest passenger flight in the world, linking the tiny island of Westray to the even tinier island of Papa Westray. How short is the flight, you ask? It is 2 minutes and 40 seconds. But when the winds are right, the plane can go from takeoff to touchdown in 53 seconds. So, yeah, we have the shortest flight in the world. Number five, I think this will shock many Americans. Every British horse must have a passport. So only one in three American citizens have a valid passport. But if you are a horse, donkey, mule or zebra in the UK, you are required by law to have a passport. Owners must have a valid horse passport for all equine creatures the document lists the name of the owner and the animal's vaccination records as well as the details about their species breed and color britons who can't provide a valid passport for their horse are subject to fines and other penalties this is the same about having a registered animal in the uk that is not microchipped 
Number six, a Welsh town has the longest name in Europe. It consists of 58 letters, and I am not going to try and pronounce it. You can Google it. Uh, it starts as Chlanfair um That's it, I'm done. That's how it starts. Um, Google it. There is many videos of people pronouncing it. The best one you'll ever see, there was a weatherman in the UK, and I believe they tried to catch him out um, by putting it up as a... Uh, one for him to read out, and he nailed it spot on. You can get it. It's all on YouTube. Um, it's brilliant. I'm not sure the connotations behind it. I believe it was done as sort of um, a publicity stunt, and it does work. You know, people do travel there just to take a picture of the town name with 58 letters. However, it's not the longest name in the world. The title goes to a hill on the North Island of New Zealand, which has 85 letters, and I'm not even going to bother with that one. That's that's just out there. Number seven, Big Ben. Many of you have probably been to London, or I would assume everybody has seen a picture of Big Ben. The gigantic bell tower outside the Houses of Parliament. Yeah? No, that's not Big Ben. That is actually St. Stephen's Tower, and it was renamed in 2012 for the Queen's Diamond Jubilee and is now called the Elizabeth Tower. Big Ben is actually the name of the bell inside the tower. It was installed in 1859, and the bell weighs a whopping 15.1 tonnes. The clock's time is accurate to within two seconds per week. Even though it's technically a misnomer, Local tourists do call the, the, the tower Big Ben, but someone will point it out to you that you are not actually witnessing Big Ben. I did this to my kids a few weeks ago. They went on a trip into London and they went, oh, we got a picture of Big Ben. And I went, no, you didn't. And they said, yes, we did. Look, here's the picture of Big Ben. And I said, that's not Big Ben. That is the Elizabeth Clock Tower. And they were really annoyed with me because they didn't actually get a picture of Big Ben because Big Ben, you can't see. He's inside. So there we go. Number eight, Stonehenge. It's one of the most recognisable archaeological sites in the world, but no one can explain what it is, who built it, or why it was built. The famous megalithic circle on Salisbury Plain known as Stonehenge dates back some 4,600 years. Theories around as to what it is and what it was used for, there are many. Legend holds that the wizard Merlin, from the days of King Arthur, magically transported the stones from Ireland. Others say it's the remains of a Roman temple or a leftover fortress from a Danish invasion. More recent theories include an ancient place of healing or a landing site for alien spacecraft or an oversized fertility symbol resembling female genitalia. I'm not too sure. Um, what I do know is those rocks were moved at 3000 BC. They weren't moved very easily. And I don't know what moved them, but I can almost guarantee whatever did is very unlikely to have been humans considering they went hundreds of miles and potentially even cross the sea i'm not 
100% sure they came from Ireland. There is stories to say they came from a quarry in Wales. Even so, it's a long journey for humans, especially Stone Age humans. I'll leave that one up to you guys to decide what happened with Stonehenge. I believe we've done an episode on Bizarre Tales about that. So go over there and have a listen. Number nine, the Scottish invented golf. Many of you probably know that, but the oranges the origins, sorry, of golf date back over five hundred and fifty years to medieval Scotland. In the fourteen hundreds, players was hit a pebble around the sand dunes and over obstacles using a bent stick. The game became so popular that many men began to neglect their military training, causing Scottish Parliament to ban the sport in fourteen fifty seven. Then, in 1502, James IV became the first monarch to take up the game that would eventually become golf. The first reference to the game of golf traces back to St Andrews in 1552, which became the world's first official golf club in 1764. And the rest, they say, is history. The sport rapidly throughout, spread rapidly throughout Britain, the empire and the rest of the world, and today... Over 66 million people enjoy the sport. Number 10. James Bond and the origins of his codename. Ian Fleming had no way of knowing that James Bond would become the most recognisable fictional character in books and films. Most fans would assume that their character's codename 007 was just a random series of numbers that Fleming came up with. However, there's another theory that merits consideration. It's no secret that Ian Fleming was fond of Kent as he bought a house there in 1952. What's not commonly known is that back in the 1950s, the 007 bus was a local route connecting Canterbury to the coast. Today, the 007 National Express bus connects London, Victoria to Deal, and many fans seek it out as a pilgrimage. But 70 years ago, a humble local bus by the same name very well could have inspired the greatest codename of all time. Number 11. The Peculiar Shape of Cornish Pasties One of the most famous foods throughout the British Empire is the Cornish pasty. It got its start in the mines of Cornwall in southwest England. These delicious pies usually contained a savoury filling at one end and a sweet filling at the other providing the main course and dessert in one single item. To this day, they are made with a thick rope of pastry that connects one side to the other, and it acts as a handle. It's a very strange thing to look at, um, but they are now normally just filled with meat. Um, Cornish pasty, I believe, is is like minced beef, onions, and, and some other parts. Um, and the crust, they, they used to actually just throw the crust away. Now, people eat the crust, but it, it's quite a thick, uh, like a semicircle shaped with a big thick rope. It looks like a rope of, of pa- pastry that connects the outside to the inside. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's a Cornish pasty. Number 12, we're going to stay with uh, food, and we're going to talk about the national dishes. Great Britain is made up of four countries, which most of you probably already know, which is England, Scotland, Northern Ireland, and Wales. 
each country has its own unique food identity. Now, they do say that the British don't have a very good menu when it comes to cuisine. Um, I would say this probably leans into that. I don't think these are the best. Um, Wales is a thing called call or call call c-a-w-l don't know how to pronounce that which is a stew made with bacon leeks cabbage and either lamb or beef doesn't sound very nice scotland is haggis which is a sheep's stomach stuffed with offal oatmeal and onions and when i say offal i mean heart liver lungs any part of the sheep that really people wouldn't normally eat that's all stuffed into a haggis it sounds gross. I tell you what, haggis is actually really quite nice. Um, but I'll leave that one up to you if you want to try that one. Uh, Northern Ireland, Irish stew, which is quite famous, which is basically mutton, onion, and potato. I'm not a fan of stew in any way, shape, or form. England, roast beef and Yorkshire puddings. We do love a good roast dinner in this country. Fish and chips, uh, I would say that's a UK-wide one now, fish and chips. Um, and chicken tikka masala. Now, chicken tikka masala was voted the top dish in the UK. Weirdly enough, it's actually not an Indian recipe. It is a British recipe. It's You can't get chicken tikka, chicken tikka masala in India. You can get chicken tikka, you can't get chicken tikka masala. But it was actually voted the top dish in the UK. So, uh, yeah, bit of a strange one, that. Number 13. London cabbies are geography experts. If your hands sweat just thinking about your high school geography class, just wait till you hear about London cabbies. Anyone aspiring to become a cabbie in London must pass their test that is so intense it's just mental memorizing every road turn and intersection of 320 sample runs is only the beginning it also requires memorizing each of the 25,000 streets lanes roads yards and hills within a six mile radius of charing cross Cabbies must also commit to memory over 20,000 individual landmarks and points of interest from museums, theatres, clubs, pubs, and cemeteries. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Essentially, your London cabbie can calculate any route within a 113 square mile entirely in their mind. In a matter of seconds probably quicker than a sat-nav and only then can they earn the coveted green badge and begin their taxi driving careers that's mental number 14 no matter where you are in the uk you are never far from a red lion pub it's not a chain or a franchise but there are over 600 distinct red lion pubs in the uk 
there haven't been any wild lions in Britain for at least 12,000 years, so we're not sure why this became such a popular name. Some historians theorise that the Red Lion comes from the coat of arms of John of Gaunt, a 14th century knight who founded the Royal House of Lancaster. Others believe it traces back to the Scottish King James VI, who later become James I of England in 1603. Legend holds that when he arrived in London, he ordered that all public buildings, including pubs, bear the heraldic Red Lion of Scotland. I suggest you discuss these theories and come up with your own, maybe over a cold pint at a Red Lion pub. Uh, 15. French, yes, annoyingly, French was the official language of England for over 300 years. If you lived in Britain between the years of 1066 and 1362, following the Norman conquest of William the Conqueror, French was the official language for that time. Although English was still widely spoken by the lower classes and the peasants, nobility and educated people spoke French and Latin. The loss of Normandy and the ensuing Hundred Years' War against France led to a decline in the use of the French language in the 14th century. English was named the official language in the courts in 1362, and it has been that way ever since. I'll give you some quick facts about England now. So these are 25 quick-fire facts. Number 16, there are more chickens than human beings in the UK. 17. Seigneur of Swans is part of the official title of the ruling British monarch. Number 18. There are over 150 towns in Great Britain named Newtown or Newton. Number 19. Windsor Palace has been the home of royalty for over a thousand years, making it the oldest and largest continually inhabited castle in the world. Number 20. The UK is 13 times smaller than India and 40 times smaller than the United States. 21. A Briton named Harvey Kennedy invented the, the world's first shoelaces in 1790. 22. Anywhere in Great Britain, you are never more than 75 miles from the sea. 23. The original Roman settlement in southern England was named Londinium, later London. 24. The UK has only one venomous snake, a species of viper called the adder. 25. The most common surnames in the UK are Smith, Williams and Jones. 26. There is a subspecies of mosquito that's unique to the London Underground. 27. England fought in the, the shortest war in history, the Anglo-Zanzibar War in 1896, which lasted a total of 38 minutes, with one English soldier being wounded and 500 on the other side. 28. The British Library is the second largest library in the world, with over 150 million items. 29. 
experts suggest that the British accent changes approximately every 25 miles. In other words, pretty much every town has got a different accent all the way across the UK. Number 30. The site of Buckingham Palace may have been a gay brothel in the 1600s. We're not sure. 31. Because the British passport is issued in the name of His Majesty the King, His Excellency does not require to carry one. 32. The King legally holds dominion over every swan in Great Britain, and it is actually an offence to harm a swan. 33. Legend dictates that the monarchy will stand as long as there are at least six black ravens residing at the Tower of London. When there's less than six, the monarchy will fall. 34. Despite the Scottish Highlands' cold winters, Loch Ness never freezes. 35. The world's first speeding ticket was issued in 1896 in Kent to a vehicle travelling a whopping 8 miles an hour. 36. More people speak English in the USA, India, Pakistan, Nigeria and the Philippines than the whole of the UK. I'm not sure that one's... Well, that was quite obvious, really. There was more people in the USA. Um, but anyway, the highest point in the UK is Ben Nevis in the Scottish Highlands, which sits at 4,406 feet above sea level. 38. 27% of Britons are clinically obese. <laughs> it's not really a good fact, is it? Uh, 36% are overweight. I wonder if that's 36% including the 27 or if we're literally talking about 63% of the UK being either overweight or obese. Not sure. Either way, we're a fat country. 39. The UK does not have a formal written constitution. Number 40. J.K. Rowling is the world's first and only billion dollar author her harry potter series has sold over 400 million copies in 55 languages including ancient greek and latin 41 it is considered an act of treason to put a postage stamp with the king's head upside down on an envelope 42 the uk is the only country in the world that is not required to name itself on its postage stamps. And that is quite strange, as I've had things sent from America to here. Um, never really actually looked at it that much, but they always do have USA written on the postage stamps. Um, if you ever get one from the UK, it doesn't have to say uh, England or Scotland or, or even Great Britain. Number 43. There are over 30,000 people in England with the name John Smith. 44. The Great Fire of London destroyed large parts of the city, but only 8 people died. 44. 
Buckingham Palace has its own police station. 45. The first fish and chip shop restaurant was opened in 1860 by a Jewish immigrant. 46. William the Conqueror, who conquered England in 1066, ordered that everybody in England should be in bed by 8pm. Number 47. In the 16th century, a London law forbade wife-beating after 9pm, but only because the noise disturbed people's sleep, not because it was wrong. 48. The UK and Portugal hold the longest-standing alliance in the world. It was ratified in 1386 and is still in force today. Number 49. The British Empire at its height was larger than Africa and was even compared in size to the moon. Just shows you how big the British Empire is. And I'll finish with a bit of a weird one here. Number 50. Edward VIII, man who was on the throne for a very short time. He was king in the UK for 1936 or in 1936. He was actually a Nazi sympathiser. He agreed with Hitler. He travelled to Germany after he abdicated the throne to sit alongside Hitler. And he argued that bombing England could bring peace by ending World War II. So needless to say, we were pretty glad when he abdicated. Because, let's be honest... We don't know what would have happened if he was king, especially when he sympathised with that little moustache man from Austria. There's loads of other random little facts that most people probably know. Um, Weird ones like uh, the national animal for England is a lion, even though lions haven't been in England for 12,000 years. A lot of people date this back to the Crusades, go back to... um, Richard Lionheart or Richard the Lionheart um, and things from there. The coat of arms from the the monarchy has been the three lions. That was his coat of arms. So it does date back to to that sort of era, but a weird one nonetheless. Uh, Wales, for example. So most people have probably seen the Union Jack. Um, It's the blue background with the red cross in the middle and the red X on a white X background. That is, for those of you who don't know, the incorporations of three of our flags. That is the George Cross of England, the Andrew's Cross of Scotland, and the St. Patrick's Cross of Ireland. Weirdly enough, nothing for St. David, even though Wales has actually been aligned with England a lot longer than Ireland and Scotland. Uh, Wales is not featured on the Union Jack, but then I suppose putting a big dragon in the middle was probably not a a good idea but whales believe it or not the national animal for whales is is a dragon um probably something to do with their flag um weirdly like i said that their flag is not represented on the union jack believe it or not the national animal for scotland and you can check this i'm not lying to you it is a unicorn 
So for those of you out there who do love that uh, mythical side of things, maybe you were born in the wrong country. Maybe you should have been born in Scotland, a country that has a mythical creature (laughs) as their national animal. Scotland's a very strange country. I mean, Scotland in particular uh, has around five and a half million people living in Scotland. Uh, London, in comparison, has somewhere between nine and 12 million the number varies purely on the fact that we don't know. <laughs> There's, I think, over 300 languages spoken in London. Um, it is an extremely diverse city. But nonetheless, it's twice the size population-wise of Scotland. And that's very hard for um, for Scotland, in particular Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland, Um when they're represented in the UK that London alone has more votes than all three of those countries put together Um, it makes it very difficult for them to actually get things done um, for them to have any real say when it comes to British politics because you know their their numbers don't add up Um, very much like um, with your system in America you have your college systems, you have some states that may be smaller than other states but have more votes because of the population. So it's very similar like that. Um, And that's, you know, it's not nice because Scotland, Ireland and Wales or Northern Ireland and Wales, they do have their own identity, but yet they're almost sort of overshadowed by the fact that London is so big. But there we have it, some very random facts, some historical facts, all to do with the United Kingdom and this little country that we live in and how much it has influenced the rest of the world. 1920, the British Empire was, um, like I said, it was comparable to the moon. It was roughly one-sixth of the entire world's land surface. Um, It's huge and, and... not all good, not all bad, um, but yeah, the, the British Empire and Britain and how it's influenced the rest of the world, um, especially obviously in America. I know we lost you in 1776. Well, actually, we lost you in 1781, but we'll leave that one up for a debate for you, for you guys. Um, but in regards to that, it's, um, you know the the influence that the british have had you know your national language is still english um i believe if i'm correct and someone may have to correct me here but um part of american taxes is still paid to the royal family i'm not 100 percent sure if that is still true but i know it was true um which i find fascinating if if it is still true even if it is you know, one cent off every American person per year. The fact that there's any money being paid from there is, is you know, fantastic. For us, I suppose, not so much for you guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so much history in the British Empire and, you know, we've covered a, a tiny, tiny little bit of it there. And just think America. I know Americans do sort of you know that they, they do from what i'm aware they do kind of envy the history that britain has and a lot of americans who travel to britain you know they do say you know we love the fact that there is so much history here um and there is i mean there's there's thousands of years of history just on our doorstep 
Um, but let's just think, America, if you'd have paid your taxes on time, you'd have had this history too. Um, so, yeah. But sorry, I've not offended. hope I've not offended anyone, any uh, snowflakes out there who are a bit offended by that little comment. Um, just uh, send me an email and I'll put it straight in the bin for you. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening, guys. Um, like I said, I, know, I do apologize about these adverts on here, but they are there for the benefit of the podcast uh, they do make make me some some well-earned money to go towards the podcast hopefully we're looking at in the near future upgrading the system um changing the laptop and some possibly the sound deck as well um possibly in the near future looking at hiring someone to edit the show um, depending on how much money this actually can generate so like i said at the start if they are bothering you the adverts are affecting your listening uh experience get yourselves over to patreon five dollars a month and you can get these shows without the advert and without the other adverts uh, as well you'll also get access to these shows a lot earlier than everyone else and you will also have access to the extra shows that are on there and there are quite a few actually and probably around 30 extra shows on patreon so get yourselves over there guys and thank you very very much for listening i hope you've all enjoyed this episode let me know drop me a link uh drop me a link sorry drop me a message on facebook join the facebook groups this week in history and let me know what you thought uh thank you very much for listening have a nice week bye bye support for this podcast and the following message come from corient corient provides wealth management services centered around you they focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals no matter how complex they may be real wealth requires real solutions for more information connect with a wealth advisor today at corient.com that's c-o-r-i-e-n-t.com corient.com you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.